This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Let's take a second to thank today's sponsor, Anchor. Anchor is by far the absolute easiest way to make a podcast. And when I say easy, I mean easy. First of all, it's completely free and there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit right from your phone or your computer. Best of all, with Anchor, you can add any songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. So the possibilities are endless on what you can create. Whether you want to create a music analysis, your own radio show, a deep dive on your favorite genre or artist, or something that the world's never heard before. Anchor will even help publish your show to Spotify so you can reach hundreds of millions of listeners. Oh, did I mention there's no copyright on the songs? Yeah, it's that easy. You guys want to start a podcast that includes music, or you guys just want to start a podcast in general, get started by downloading the free Anchor app or going to anchor.fm. And if you need some inspiration, you can head over to blog.anchor.fm slash music from some more idea starters. Thank you so much, and let's get into the episode. Hey everyone, in today's episode of the Real Real Podcast, I am interviewing Cece Johnson. Cece is a graphic designer with a custom invitation design business called Cece New York, and we talked all about the hiring process, deciding on a business partner, working long-term with clients, and I thought it was really interesting because even though I'm not in graphic design, I think just building a service-based business is something that I am really interested in and kind of hearing how she grew and grew to the size that she is today. She has done very very, very, very exclusive wedding invites. She was kind of one of the first ones in the game. She's been in this industry for so long and it's just a really cool episode hearing how she grew her business and all of like the ups and downs that came with it, which I thought was really, really interesting, but I'm excited for you guys to hear it. We recorded this a little bit ago and I was always like looking forward to this episode coming out because I know that you guys will love it. And I also wanted to say that I am really just thankful for your listenership. Thank you guys so much for listening to my podcast. It really, really does mean a lot to me. And I know that honestly, like podcast is one of those things where I'd love to know where you guys listen. Like, do you guys listen when you guys are commuting? If you guys are commuting, because I feel like a lot of people used to listen to podcasts when they were commuting and now that's like not a thing anymore. So I'm so curious about where you listen to it. I typically listen to them when I'm in the shower um, and I've honestly been slacking listening to them. So I really want to start listening to way more of them. So I think today during a work day, I'm going to be like on a podcast binge but I did want to also thank you guys for the reviews of the week I wanted to thank Hannah Ashton who is actually a really great friend of mine so seeing her name come up on the reviews I was like this is so sweet so thank you so much Hannah she said I love how dedicated and thoughtful Natalie is about each guest that she brings on so I just want to say thank you to Hannah for leaving that review and it would really mean a lot to me if you guys enjoyed my podcast if you guys can give it a review that is honestly what helps the most so if you guys ever listen to my podcast if you guys like it please be sure to give it five stars on iTunes um that would just mean a lot to me and you might be featured as the reviewer of the week next week Anyways, I want to get into this episode so that I hope that you guys enjoy and let's just get into it. <laughs> 
Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet. Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard-earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz. And take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Heirs tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream. It is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 450 degrees, reduces inner pair split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration. And according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. Hi, Cece. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm really excited to have you on. I feel like I haven't really had anyone in the event space yet. And so I think now is a really interesting time to have you on. And just, I'm so curious to learn more about what you do. And like, I love having other entrepreneurs on. So I'm really excited. Yeah, thanks. I guess I'm juggling a lot of different things. So I'm happy to share all, all that I can. Yeah. 
First, we're going to dive into setting the record straight. That's where we say some assumptions, stereotypes, tell me if they're true or false. And the first one is you have to make sacrifices in your personal life to have a career. So honestly, I think it depends on, you know, what success looks like for you for your career path. But I don't know one single entrepreneur that hasn't made sacrifices and hasn't given up their personal life or many things to build the business of their dreams, right? So I would it's very true. You absolutely have to make sacrifices if you want to build a successful company for sure. Yeah. I think it's especially like people think like, oh, I can just build a business and it'll be so easy. It'll, I'll be my own boss. I don't know. one's telling me what to do. I'm like, no, it's actually so much harder. You are probably going to be your toughest critic also. Like I feel like having a, a boss would be like easier on me than like myself. <laughs> No, we definitely are our hardest critic. I mean, I remember when I, I, I come from a graphic design background, art background, and before I launched the CC New York, I was in the web world. And so I, you know, I'm like, oh, I'll design my website. It'll be amazing, right? Because I'll do it and I'll put my, do my best there. And I just remember launching it thinking like, oh, it's just going to be like, no big deal. I'll be famous overnight. My phone will be ringing off the hook and like, it'll just go like this. And boy, was I completely completely wrong I could not be more off right like you literally it was not the phone was not ringing off the hook I had to like hustle and pound the pavement and tell everyone what I was doing and go to trade shows and go network and literally if I wasn't doing it like if you're not you know singing from the rooftops about your own company then forget it like no one's gonna know about you so yeah it's not just about the website that's for sure yeah that's kind of the stage I'm in right now with my agency it's like the beginning stages so I'm like now I'm the one that's like reaching out to everyone and I'm like, please email me back. You know, it's like that sort of thing instead of like, oh yeah, I just started it. Everyone's going to come asking for me. I'm going to be so swamped. Like yeah. not the case. <laughs> Literally, There's a chart that like, it, it's like what people think success looks like, right? It's like an arrow that just goes straight up. Like it's completely easy. And then there's the reality of what it really looks like. It's just literally a jumbled roller coaster ride of messes and swirls and sh turns and just ups and downs. And that's what I think. I mean, everyone needs to recognize that, that that's the reality. And when you're going through it, you can't beat yourself up over it because it's so true. Like we all, it's hard work to start a business. Totally. Totally. Could not agree with you more. The next one is you need to go to school for art and design to get into the field. Oh, interesting. Well, actually, to be honest, when I started, um, I told you I, I have a degree in, in art and design, but when I realized, um, I guess by chance, people were just asking me, like, why aren't you doing this? And when I studied the industry, because for me as a graphic designer, the focus was invitation design, and there wasn't actually a lot of anything that was really good. It was a lot of um, sort of an antiquated scenario. This is, you know, 16 plus years ago now. And I realized as a graphic designer and an artist, I had something really different and special to offer to people. Because as, you know, as a designer in my head, I'm like, they were calling invitations custom. You know what I mean? You remember when you would go, I mean, you're probably too young, but you would go and you'd flip through books and it would just be like boring options of centered text. So it's not really design. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, in my design mind, I'm like, gosh, that's not custom. I'm like, so I almost, I had to co coin a term called couture, like couture design or couture invitations, because really that's what I was offering to people. I could take my talent and my design and my passion and like get to know you and, and create for you, not from a five by seven flat card with center text and, you know, pick pineapple or starfish or pink or purple or the font choice, like right. that's not design in my mind. So I know I kind of went off on a little tangent, but I feel like nowadays, 
if, well, I guess if you want to stand out and you want to be different and you really want to offer a beautiful design service, then of course you should learn how to be a professional graphic designer mm-hmm. because there's so much more that goes into it than just making a pretty card or a pretty piece right. of paper, you know? Right. Um, and I think like, I'm very grateful that my education taught me not only the skills from a um, graphic design perspective, you know, but it was also applied art and design. So I learned watercolor and acrylic and photography and kind of like all art forms, even color theory, like mixing inks back in the day, you know, and, um, and, and colors with paints and acrylics that now, you know, you could do with a click of a button on the computer. So times have totally changed. But I think that is the foundation and the education that really sets my company apart from a real quality and, and creative perspective. So yeah, I think that's interesting because you have more of that technical background. It's not like, like, yes, you can teach yourself everything on the internet as well, but by having that like years of working in it before even starting your career, I think makes you a little bit more ahead or a little bit more diverse than other candidates who might just have, might just be self-taught, which is still fine, but it's not the extensive education that you had. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, and I think that if you want to really be a professional in the field like in my mind I mean sure there's sometimes we all joke that there's no barrier to entry but if you're just gonna like grab photoshop and call yourself a designer I think that's sort of false you know (laughs) yeah false what's the word like uh, uh, false expectations to your to your clients right (laughs) right right no that's so true um and the next one is you have to move to New York City for a creative field oh Okay, so that's such a funny question to me. I never thought about it. I, I'm actually a, from Southern California. I'm a San Diego Cali girl, and I always dreamed of moving to New York, but I never thought it was because of like my career or because that was the only way I would like be successful. Mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, gosh, let's be honest. New York City provides so such an incredible like playground to be creative in and the people there and the things that you have access to is amazing but it's also a double-edged sword it's the hardest city to survive in it's so expensive you know and like you are literally like hustling every day to keep up with the rat race basically that's that is new york city i mean everyone always jokes right like it'll either eat you alive and spit you out or you'll be super you'll you'll thrive right I don't think you have to move to New York City to be in a creative field. Um, I think it depends on what you're passionate about and what you have access to. Certainly now with the internet, like you said, I mean, gosh, you can, you can now, especially with COVID, right? Everyone has right. Access to everything virtually. So, um, but I think it's about, it's about really passion and, you know, going after what you want and wherever you're coming from, you make sure that you make those right connections so it's just so dependent on each person, I guess, but I don't yeah. think it's critical. Yeah, I think, I mean, COVID has taught us that now we can be remote. I mean, I've been reading so many articles about people leaving big cities now because they're realizing, hey, I don't need to technically be here. And so I think, I wonder how the future is going to change now with like big cities. If New York, I think New York will always still be New York, but because so many people are realizing they can do it anywhere. I wonder if that's going to like change the dynamic of these big cities. Yeah. I mean, listen, like I, I am, I was always just drawn to New York city. Like it's my heartbeat. Right. Me and too, I yeah. that like, it'll come back to where it was and everything will be, you know, everyone says back to normal. And I really do wish for that, especially for New York city, cause it's been hit very hard. Um, but for my brand, you know, it is CC New York, like it is in the name of the company. And we have such an experience, like clients fly in from all over the world. 
the Middle East, any country, it doesn't matter, or any state really, you know, and they have an experience in our, in our studio. And to me, that's part of the brand. So that's kind of always been the brand DNA, you know, like, so for me to not, for CC not to be in New York City, like it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. So, but it doesn't mean that we can't, I'm not designing for people around the world in other places, or maybe one day there'll be like CC Paris or CC Miami or whatever, you know, like there's always, always possibility and, you know, a girl can dream, but it just yeah. depends on what your brand is, you know what I mean? Like what you really want your brand to be and what clients you want to service where you should position yourself. Right, right. I mean, I am really hoping that New York gets back to normal as well. It's it's just one of those things where I, I think this is going to completely change everything that we know is normal. Everything's going to kind of shift a little bit. So it'll be definitely interesting seeing how the world goes. I mean, especially even in our spaces, you know, like it's going to be a little bit different moving forward, but I hope that it bounces back. And I know you'll probably expand to a bunch of different big cities too. So <laughs> I wouldn't worry about that. Come back, you know, if we can party again safely, I hope. I know, I know. So now just tell us a little bit more about your background. So I know you went to school for art, um, but where did, where did you go to school? Was this something always you were interested in? Did you know you were going to go to art school? Um, so the funny thing is actually, um, and this is maybe why I was also attracted to New York, but I was always in musical theater. So since like seven years old, I was like singing and tap dancing my way through life, like performing in three shows a year. So I actually dreamed of being a star on Broadway, you know, thought I was going to a musical theater career, you know, jazz hands and all. <laughs> and then my parents were like, you're not gonna be an actress, so figure out a real career, like when it came time to go to college. And I was devastated. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, yeah. that's the thing I've ever done. Like, why didn't you tell me this a long time ago? And, um, and so I literally thought to myself, I'm like, oh my God, what else do I know how to do? You know, mm -hmm. and my, it's so funny. The family I was babysitting literally at the time was like, hey, my sister is a graphic, an art director, you know, maybe that would be a good career for you. So I looked into it and it was like, you know, a decent, decent salary that my parents would approve, you know, in my mind. And I thought, okay, I could do this. Cause I was always that super crafty girl, like growing up my report card, you know, or not my report cards, my uh, oral reports, you know, we used to do things in school or your written reports, they would be, I'd spend more time decorating them <laughs> and making the visuals like amazing than actually, you know, the word part. <laughs> so um, funny. I know. Imagine I'm like one of my favorite stories when I was in third grade, I did a report on penguins and I convinced the teacher that I could set up during recess and I painted all the species of penguins like <laughs> life size. <laughs> so I'm literally like standing there with my little like two by four note cards, like reading and all the penguins are like propped up next to me. That's so funny. Was, you were a born artist. I, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And my mom's very crafty as well. And I was always like picking up scraps off the floor when she would sew for us and make clothes for my dolls and I just love making things it's just a it's just in me I guess I don't know and uh, so yeah so then I was like okay I learned I um, actually to be very honest with you I couldn't I I was got like one of those girls that just everyone kept telling me no like you can't do this you can't do that so why I'm saying this is I actually wasn't allowed to go to another state for college I had to pick a college in California so I applied to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. No one's ever really heard of it. It's yeah. a little college in between Santa Barbara and San Francisco. And it's like known for its art agriculture, its business school, and its art department. It's like super random. But only 16 students got in. And also you had to 
pick your major before you got accepted. So oh. I had to apply with a portfolio, which I had no experience. I mean, I did like one art class and, you know, just self do it myself kind of things. And I just poured my heart and soul into this application, you know, cause you got accepted on grades and by the portfolio so mm-hmm. to get into the department right away. You know, most colleges you yeah. get, to get to like just start and then you declare a major later. This yeah. Was- that's how it was for us. We got to like, we got into the college and then we had to apply to the school. Yeah. So for us, it was like before you even step foot on the college, you had to, you had to get accepted into your degree or your, your concentration and the college. So anyways, I ended up loving it. And, but I still had my heart set on New York city. And I literally was the only one that was like, I'm going to New York. And everyone's like, why would you move to the most expensive city in the world? I'm like, why not? Come on. So I just kept hearing no, no, no. And finally I like just went on a whim. I was um, interviewing. I wanted to just interview in New York city I got a job offer finally that my dad approved of. They moved me cross country. And I was like, no one can tell me no anymore. I'm going because I had had to turn down many offers actually before. I think my parents just didn't want me to leave. Yeah. I'm oldest. Let's be honest. And across the country to a very expensive place. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just that crazy, passionate, driven person that I'm like, I'm going. I couldn't get it out of my system. So I did. I literally moved cross country by myself and I was working in the corporate world and basically just missed graphic design, like miss, well, missed paper, like print design because mm-hmm. I was doing web design. I had designed an invitation for a girlfriend back home and just by chance, like being that crazy entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, literally I was that kid going door to door, you know, knocking on friends like, hi, I'm selling this. Do you want to buy it? <laughs> like, I need to earn my Barbie doll. <laughs> I mean, whatever I wanted, I, I had to earn it. So, and I'm grateful for that now because it's taught me so much in terms of like, you know, work ethic and such and, and earning something. But, um, but yeah, so basically I started it on the side. I never set out to be an invitation designer. I never thought even the wedding, I didn't even know the wedding industry. It wasn't really a thing. Like when I started, it was just kind of becoming um, mm-hmm. a big, like a thing that people paid attention to. Um, to be honest, like the whole invitation category, like I said, was not even anything. Like I right. had, hey, hey, editors, like, hey, can you feature us? Like, hey, can we have a category called invitation design? Because it's something, you know? <laughs> like, right. Hey, us. So again, I'm like fighting every step of the way. Kind of funny now that I think back on that. And now invitations are so important. Like so people important. spend hours deciding how, yeah. which invitation to go with. Oh my gosh, absolutely. For us, it's like we will work with our clients that get engaged and where their next step. And it's this whole wonderful creative process. Sometimes we're working, you know, a year in out from the actual wedding. It's very fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I just basically started on the side. And then before I knew it, it was based on demand. And people were like, why aren't you doing this? And like I said, I studied the industry and I'm like, wow, I really can offer something special. So because of my artistry, because of the couture work that I could create for people and brand their events and apply all that, you know, education and experience from the corporate world to the world of events, it suddenly set a whole, opened up a whole new door and just went for it. (laughs) Yeah. So how, I know that you said you got into invitations with your friend asking you to make one and kind of seeing that there's a need for that, but why did you choose like just invitations, like such a niche category? Was it because you wanted to like perfect that industry or what was the thought process between being like, I'm going to start a business solely with designing and couture invitations? Um, Great question. So actually my vision when I launched CC New York was that I would design for like life, like all of your occasions. Right. And it began with the wedding invitation or having a baby or, you know, a birthday or whatnot or whatever you're celebrating. 
And I guess it just because like, again, the brides were asking, it became a thing that was just coming to me that I'm like, I don't pay attention to this. Like I'm an idiot, you know, right. like people are me to do this for them. And I just, I don't know. I just, I just took the leap and went for it. And before I knew it, it was like, I don't know, another client, another client. And then the editors started calling and they were big, you know, bridal magazines are like, I've been watching you. Like I got this big trendsetter award with like Beer Wang and Oscar de la Renta and all these huge, amazing brands that I absolutely respect and thought, wow. And, and me like this little, little girl just with big dreams, you know, and, uh, it just kept going and going and going. So we, and I think because it's, I'm such a, like I said, I'm always very craft, like create, I love creating for people. And because the brides really loved the experience and, and, and weddings became so personal. Like, remember they were just, well, like I said, before I started, it was just sort of like stock stuff. It wasn't as personalized. And then all of a sudden, like it just became these, a lot of talents came into the field and offered something really couture and really special for brides. So I loved that satisfaction, I guess, of making people happy and then just word of mouth, it just kept growing. But, and but now you, I look back, I, oh, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I was going to say you kind of were there with the whole movement of like weddings becoming really popular and the weddings becoming very like aesthetic and like pictures. And I feel like Instagram and Pinterest had a lot to do with it, like social yeah, media I in general. Instagram and Pinterest even existed. Yeah. So <laughs> like a long time ago. But yes. You were there like with the turn. Exactly. <laughs> And what was one of your like pinch me moments? Like you have had such a long and successful career in this. So what's a moment of yours that was like, oh my God, like I made it or something that was just like crazy that you couldn't believe was happening? There's been so many. I mean, you know, it's funny. I feel like um, when you first launch your company, you kind of set this benchmark of like, okay, I'm going to get this goal, you know, and then I'm going to get the next goal. And then once you get that one, you're like, wait, okay, I'm really happy with that, but I want to get the next one, you know? And you're totally. Climbing, climbing, climbing. Why can't we just be happy with the one? You're never satisfied. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, literally the biggest, one of the biggest moments was before I even launched my company, I, um, my senior project in college got the cover of communication arts magazine, which is like a huge graphic design. Like it's the Vogue magazine of graphic design. Um, and no student really had ever had this type of a, I call it like a award or like a recognition. That's you know? insane. Yeah. Amazing. And this was actually after I'd been begging my parents to let me move to New York city. And I would never forget. I literally in the garage, my mom handed me the package and I opened it up and right there on the cover was one of my, my piece. And I went, ah, you know, I'm just like jumping up and down, like so excited. And that really was a tipping point for me because it gave me the courage again to stop listening to the nose, you know, the haters that are like, don't go stay and be like, I need to have something like I want, I want to go, I got to try. Um, and so and then I think as I just kept growing with the, my career, I mean, the moment I told you where I got the top trendsetter award and New York Magazine called and all these amazing awards, which are huge turning points. But recently I would say I got, um, <laughs> it was actually earlier this year before COVID hit, I got invited to one of my royal weddings in the Middle East. And one of my other, because there's a big royal family there, one of my other uh, clients who's also part of the royal family, I literally got on a plane with five gigantic boxes, delivered the invitations for one princess, and then went to the wedding for the other one. And it was like the coolest 
really satisfying, like special moment to be like, this is amazing. Cause it's a huge honor to design for them or for any more clients, but to be invited to the wedding and to go and experience it firsthand was really cool. That's so cool. And you have very like high profile clientele. So how do you feel a lot of pressure like in <laughs> making <laughs> these invitations? Of course. I mean, listen, I always say, and I really believe this, that every client is an opportunity to do something great. And, you know, I really treat them all independently as great, you know, they're all special clients. Um, But certainly, like, I mean, Billy Crystal was in my office once, like, I've had a lot of celebrities come in, and you're just like, okay, you know, I'm I'm trying not to be too starstruck, you try to compose and be cool. And I mean, we've, I can't name all of our amazing celebrities because we have NDAs, a lot of NDAs right now, unfortunately, but like there are some pretty major big names where you're just like, I can't believe I'm sitting across the room from you. But at the end of the day, they're just like normal, real good right. people who want you to create beautiful things for them. And I just like, you know, I definitely have a pinch me moment, but I'm just super grateful and like just want to do it. But that's amazing. Thanks. That's so that's amazing. The pressure is on, you know, like, I mean, yeah, we have jump through hoops with flames in it and we just do it and you figure it out and there's it's just part of the challenge um I mean the events world is so deadline driven so sometimes you don't have enough time to do what you really should you know like the time you should be having to do it but you just say yes and you're like all right I'm gonna figure it out later and Mm. you know you make it happen (laughs) yeah how long does it take you from when you first say yes to a client, you're going to do their invitation to when the invitation is in their hands. Like how long does that design process usually take? So every project is totally different. We have a, we just recently launched, um, it's called CC collection that is kind of ready to order, ready to wear, if you will, like Mm -hmm. you online, it eliminates the longer lead times from creating from scratch or starting from that blank canvas. So those ones you can order and you can get approved within like 24 to 48 hours. And then printing wise, it's like a a two to four week, depending on um, the printing technique turnaround. Um, But if you're interested in the couture process, I would say I, I love the more time, the better. Um, Everyone's different though, because, you know, if you're thinking about engage, everyone gets engaged and has different longer lead times of, or not even lead times, but like engagement periods. Um, But I would say if you allow two to four months for the whole process, but you have to back up because remember invitations have to go out like usually six to eight weeks before. So I always just say, as soon as you get engaged, like figure it out, let's start. We make the schedule for you and you can just relax and not worry. Right. I think that's so interesting. It's something that, I mean, I'm not engaged or anything, so I'm not even thinking about it, but I'm always so fascinated about the wedding industry and how much time and effort goes into everything and how special every single process is. I think it's just really, really cool. Um, And I also wanted to know, I always ask people this, but where do you get your inspiration from? Because your designs are so beautiful. They're so custom. Like, how do you get inspired and where does that inspiration come from? Yeah, for me, it comes from a lot of different places. Um, I definitely am inspired by my travels. I certainly miss right now getting on an airplane. I was traveling once a month doing speaking engagements around the world and just every country, every culture I get exposed to just walking down the street, looking at, you know, storefront windows. Fashion is a big one. Um, I don't know. I'm a weird person where I just like tuck away things that I love in my head, you know, that I see that inspire me. And then when I meet my clients, getting to know them and 
you know, hearing what excites them, excites me. And I find those little magic nuggets, I call them, that I can like build upon and throw out ideas that I've tucked away. And of course, I'm ultimately inspired by my client. But then I apply, I don't know, that CC, those things that I love on top of it. And what if we try this? What, what, I think you yeah. like, if it sticks and excites them, then like that's where it just gets bigger and better and more amazing together. Yeah, I, I think it's so cool. I'm not the most artistic person. So whenever I see something that's like super artsy, super like has, I can tell it's something I could never create. I'm always like, oh my God, how did they even think of this? <laughs> so I think yeah, that's um, really cool. I always tell our clients, and I especially worry that people are looking, you know, going to our website or loving what they see, but they're worried they can't be the designer. You know, they're worried they don't know what to say. And that is the biggest thing. You have to just let that go because I think it's the ultimate luxury to just turn yourself over to a professional designer and let them do what they do best. Right. Right. Don't feel like you have to figure it out right away. Like you just, all you have to do is just chat about yourself or like what you love and don't be designer. Let us do that. And that's, that's where the really the great things happen. And I find our clients just really relax and enjoy it instead of feeling pressured to have to figure it all out, you know? No, yeah, that's, that's really cool. And also I wanted to know, because you are an artist, you have your eye, you like what, you know, like you, I'm sure you are probably very specific with what you like and how you want things to look. How do you build out a team in something like this? You know, like how do you trust someone else to, take a hand at the design process or do you let other people do that? Like, how do you just build out your team if it's art world? (laughs) uh, No, totally. It's, it's, I think with any, um, I want to say with any industry, maybe I'm I'm wrong, but it's so hard to find good, talented people Mm -hmm. and to add the artist artistic side of it, you know, the talent lens that is even more intense, right? Like of a challenge to find good people. So, I mean, for me, like the interviewing process is very strict. It's like, it's like an audition. (laughs) It goes through many, many levels of qualifications. I mean, I'm as anal as like, if you respond back to the initial reply and there's typos, like, I don't care how amazing you are. If you're in the trash, I time how fast you respond. If you're not responding in 24 hours, then I'm also not interested in you. (laughs) Yeah. Because we are a fast paced, you know, deadline driven environment. So right. I look at the culture things. I've made the mistake over the years, so many mistakes of like making exceptions and, oh, it's okay that she spelled my name wrong. Like she'll learn. They never learn. And then it just becomes problems. And for us, especially in, in the print world, typos are the enemy, you know? <laughs> they cost right. a lot of money in reprints and then clients, the customers just lose faith in you. So you learn, like my recommendation is you have to learn the critical, like, you know, deal or no deal things. Like for me, it's the typos, um, time, and then of course, talent, right? So all of my design team, they have to do a design challenge and submit in their art. I look at how they sketch. I look at how they think with their ideas and also with their graphic like layout skills before they even come in for an interview to meet with me. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good way to find good people. And you'll know from you know, you kind of add all those things up and put it together. With what you do, you have to vet people so much, you know, like you can't let, like you said, those typos go. Like imagine if there's a typo on an invitation, like that's literally the end of the world. Like you cannot have that happen. So I totally understand how specific and particular you are with building your team. Um, And then also you work with your husband, right? Yeah. Yeah. How is that working with someone so Mm -hmm. close to you? (laughs) 
Um, so actually I owe a lot of the success of the company right now to my husband, Alan. Um, I think, how do I explain it? Like every good creative needs their like opposite. Like he's so good at the finance and the operations and all the stuff that honestly, like I'm not good at and I don't really want to do. Um, and so it, what happened, I mean, I'll back it up. What happened was he's so, okay, way, way back. Like the very beginning, I literally met him when, when, when we were, I went out one night to a club literally by myself in New York city. And you know, when you meet someone, I'm like, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm going to start my own business. So I, he has known me since day one, but he was oh. working in the, uh, always working in the corporate world and running big fashion brands. Like so impressed. I always like, loved his brain and I was like just desperate to get more of it right and when I would happen by default I'd come home from work and I would just complain or I would you know bend to him and he just naturally always had the right answers and knew could guide me so when he decided to retire from fashion I kind of was like hey <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> you just help me out with this one thing you know not even thinking that he would come on full time but then what happened was is we kind of like looked at each other one day and we're like do you like this? Like, I like this. This is good. Do you think this is good? And we both were like, okay, we can do this. And the only reason why I think it works is because we respect what each other does and we don't want to do what each other <laughs> does. Mm -hmm. And I'll admit, like I am in the doing, right? Like you see me, I'm painting, I'm, I'm creating the art, I'm meeting with the clients. I mean, my team is too, but I'm not just like the CEO or creative director that just sits in the top and doesn't do anything. Like I'm in the doing. Right. And so for me, it was hard to actually find the extra time and bandwidth, if you will, to nurture the team and to give them all that they needed from an HR perspective and all the other hats that an entrepreneur has to wear. So when Alan came in and that's what he does best, I mean, he built, he just fixed the team, the morale, the, the, just the company culture, just created all this great stuff and gave us structure and management like levels and all this wonderful things that like I dreamt of having, but never really knew how to do it. Like I'm just a designer. I'm an artist. Not, I never went to business school, you know? Right. Right. I think that's always so important. And I've heard that so many times that you, your partner should be someone that compliments you. It shouldn't be someone that it does the same thing as you. Like if you and your business partner do the exact same thing and are good at the exact same things and are bad at the exact same things, you guys are not good business partners because you need someone that has something different. Yeah. Exactly. It would just be a conflict and then you'd find egos would get in the way and it was bad. So, so yeah, like uh, it works because of that reason. Cause we literally give each other the space and respect each other and we try to create boundaries too. So like at home, we're not talking about it. I'm like, you know, let's try not to do it 24 seven. Like we have to give ourselves a little bit more space. I mean, now with COVID it's a little different, but um, right. otherwise you just like, you'd go crazy. I mean, we never thought we would work together really. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, what, four, I think it's now been four, four, four years ish. I would have been like, no way. But yeah. yeah. I can't live without him. I mean, That's, it's so so funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And yeah. then you also have a, a thing called the birthday party project. So this is your, where you give back. It's your like philanthropic, philanthropic, part of the company. What is that about? Like, can you tell us more about what the birthday pro party project is? Yeah. So the birthday party project is something I did not start. I just am partners with, or I donate to them. Um, they're our charity that we support. They it's uh, started by a friend of mine called Paige and she is 
a brilliant, wonderful heart, like just a fabulous woman who um, started this. And basically the Birthday Party Project is a nonprofit that gives the magic of birthday parties to less fortunate homeless children um, around the nation. And when I heard her speak at a, at a conference called Engage, I was immediately taken back by her mission and just how special the, the, the heartbeat of what she does is because, um, you know, when you hear about it and when you think about it, we're every day, we're so lucky that we, you know, come from good families. Like we have parents, like some of these poor children, they're, you know, they're less fortunate than us and maybe never even received a thank you note or not even a thank you note, a birthday card with their name on it or a gift or anything personalized or special that made them feel, you know, the magic of them, of being celebrated. Mm -hmm. So I was really just blown away by it. And I knew that CC New York had to be part of it. And I just immediately approached her and was like, Paige, I want to give to you. And I want in some little way for our art to help what your mission is. So now fast forward five years, I've been giving, we create the decor and the like art um, design, if you will, the theme designs for every month for the homeless shelters. And we ship them across the nation, thousands and thousands of birthday cards and placemats that have the kid's name on it and um, posters and like all that fun stuff. And each month it's a different theme. So there might be like art party or monster party or like, you know, the tropical one or things like that. And it's just a really great way to help make these kids feel special and appreciated and just celebrate them. That's so sweet. I think it's always important to, especially when you do reach a level of success, to give back to people that aren't as fortunate as you, as you were saying. And I think that's something I'm always trying to think of whenever I'm building my business. I'm like, I want to be able to give back. Like, how can I structure this so that I can and I am able to? So I think that's awesome that you do that with them. Like, that's something that's really cool that you don't have to do, but you're still choosing to do it. Yeah, exactly. And every order that comes through the company, whether you're ordering online or, or purchasing through us directly, I mean, the percentage goes towards helping the birthday party project. And, you know, it's for me, it's like it's the littlest thing, but it goes a long way and it makes such a difference because, you know, they don't have anything like that. And it's so special when the kids like keep the posters or put the cards up in their rooms and they just they get that friendly reminder that someone really cares about them. Yeah, I love that. And before we go, the last question I want to ask you is just what's a piece of advice that you would give to someone who wants to start their own business, maybe in a niche category or just trying to start something on their own uh, and become an entrepreneur? What is your biggest piece of advice? So I always love this quote and I use it today daily um, that my dad gave me and he says, your hardest day only lasts 24 hours. And I think no matter if you're, you know, starting a business or you're in a business or you're just whatever, if you're having a hard day, because there is going to be hard days, um, a lot of them that you got to just keep on trekking and pushing that boulder up the hill. I have this like analogy that you're literally pushing and pushing and pushing. It's yeah. heavy thing. And if you stop pushing, it's going to like roll back on you. So to just have that patience, because remember how I thought it was just going to be easy. It's not. And remember that you're like not alone and that it does take a lot of work. So just keep pushing that boulder up the hill and know that, you know, if you're having a hard day in 24 hours, a new one starts and just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah, I love that. I think that that's an awesome thing to keep in mind. It puts things in perspective a lot. So I really, really love that. 
because a lot of times, right, we look at their Instagram or we look at people from the outside and you have no idea like how hard or what they're going through or what they did, what kind of hustle or work they put in the background, you know, to make that happen. So totally um, not always as glamorous as, as the world as Instagram does, right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Where can everyone find you? Like socials, website, where can yeah. they check your stuff out? Great. Um, so definitely on the website, it's www.ccneyork.com, C-C-I-N-E-W-Y-O-R-K.com. <laughs> and then CC New York on Instagram and Facebook and all the social handles. And then if you want to follow me personally down my crazy professional juggler life of <laughs> juggling motherhood and being an entrepreneur and a working mom and just an artist and things that I love from fashion, design, cooking, whatever, just my crazy world, um, that handle is CC Johnson. So it's C-E-C-I-J-O-H-N-S-O-N. <laughs> awesome. And we will put everything in the show notes. So oh, if you guys want, they can click on it. But thank you again so much for coming on my podcast. This was awesome. You're welcome. Well, thank you so much. And it was a pleasure being with you. And I'm honored. Thank you. All right. How did you guys like the episode? I'd love to know on the Facebook, on the Instagram, all of that stuff. Leave a review if you guys liked it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, but again, if you guys did enjoy this podcast, please, please, please be sure to give it five stars on iTunes. You guys might be featured as the reviewer of the week if you guys do that. But anyways, I don't want to hold you guys too much longer. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and I'll see you guys next Monday on another episode of the Real Real Podcast. Hey, my name is Lovon Roomf, and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here, and vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then. Hey there, my name is Renee Rena, and I am the mom friend you have always wanted. I am also the host of the Mom Room Podcast. We publish two episodes per week, a co-hosted episode on Tuesdays and a solo episode on Thursdays. Popular topics include pooping and having sex after giving birth. I have a solo episode where I talk about not sharing a bed with my husband and why that's okay. I hope you'll tune in to these conversations every week. Join us on Instagram at the Mom Room Podcast and start to feel a little less alone in this crazy thing called motherhood.